The title is, What Do You Fear? I am very interested in the, when I read through the Bible and study the Bible on God's ways. God's ways. Who is God? And what are his ways? How does he do things? How does he perceive things? Oh, we have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. We've got the mind of God. You want to look at what God is and who he is, you've got to get into the book. And as you get into the book, you begin to see, get a picture as you, as, you, as you gaze upon the word of God. It'll become clear to you kind of who God is as a born-again believer. Now, if you're not born again, you don't have a clue what the Bible says, cannot know what the Bible says, because the key to unlocking the word of God is the Holy Spirit who wrote the book. So you only get the Holy Spirit if you've been born from above. You've been sealed and baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've been born from above, and uh, you, get the, you get the key to it. So what do you fear? Think about it. I want you to meditate on it a little bit. The Bible says a lot about fear in the Bible and just in general. The word itself appears 385 times in the whole book. Fear is a common emotion of our life. Uh, fear has, uh, it, it, it goes in a great variety with different people. Sometimes it can be just a passing emotion. It just comes and goes. You got a little fear, then you're okay again. Sometimes it's a controlling thing. Sometimes it's bothersome and uncomfortable, but sometimes it's intolerable and debilitating. But what you fear changes you. Okay, I want you to get that real good. What you fear changes you. It changes you in a very subtle but real way. It changes where you go. I have a little pond at my house, and we we swim in the pond from time to time, not much anymore, we had it, and people will come out there and they'll say to me, do you swim in this pond? I'll say, yeah, we swam. My, my, my grandkids have swam in it just recently. Uh, I have missionary kids come, swim in it, evangelist kids, evangelist kids come, swim in it, and and he says, but don't you know it's got gators? I said, yeah, we have gators in it. Well, I wouldn't swim in a lake that had gators. Don't swim in any body of water in Florida. Your pool's even questionable. Gators are in every, I'm going to just go out on a limb. There's a gator in every body of water that's available for them to get in in Florida. They get there everywhere. They go everywhere. They're in. You say, I didn't see them. That's the point. They hide during the day. They're night creatures mostly. And so uh, I used to water ski up on uh, Clusatchee River. Now, but when we water ski in the Clusatchee River, we'd go down the river. Let's say we went two miles, a, a two-mile stretch of the river. We would take our boat and drive down two miles and then we'd ski back because when you drove this way, those 12 to 14 foot gators would make their way to the shore because they didn't like the boat. So that we'd see them big old boys lumber over to the shore. That was the way down. Then you got on your skis and you made your way back because they were over at the shore and you were in the middle. Also, it was an incentive not to fall. One time my wife, we, you know how you, when you're water skiing, you throw the rope out there and it kind of is in a, in a mess. And, 
And Kathy, it was her turn to ski, and she got in. Now that water is dark. It's tannic water. You can't see in it. People won't go in tannic water because they have fear. Remember, I'm trying to teach you this changes you. Fear changes your behavior. And so Kathy, which has no fear, my wife absolutely has no fear. She's been married to be 48 years. A woman has no fear. So she gets in. You remember that, Kathy? And she first thing I hear her say, there's a snake. I can't. Would you do it for me? No. There's a snake. There's a snake. Well, we threw the rope out right on a, either a, a, a banded water snake or a moccasin. It's too hard to tell. And there was a snake right wrapped up in, and, and she was right in the water with him. She was a little fearful. I said, oh, he'll leave. He'll leave. I comforted her. And then we, we got the boat going, and she grabbed the rope. I said, hit it. We got her up and got her there. She, and she's here today. My wife's been to places that would make grown men's knees get weak. I'm telling you. In the ocean. Amazing. But we're, we're, I'm here. She's here. None of that stuff hurt us. Uh, fear will change where you go. Fear will change what you do. Fear will change what you say. Fear will change what you buy. Fear will change what you think. Fear has an effect on us. And there's two kinds of fear. There's an unhealthy fear and there's a healthy fear. I mean, there, God has given us emotional fear in some measure to help us, okay? But what, what is unhealthy fear is fear gone wild. But a little bit of fear is not a bad idea. Sometimes little children, like little Mason, little wheelbarrow, wheelbarrows, excuse me. He, he lacks common sense, fear. He isn't quite to the place where he has got his fear figured out, which is good, which is bad, right? Uh, my son was about a little older than that. My son must have been... I don't know, Troy was, was uh, four, five, six years old, maybe a little older, and, and he wanted. He came up to us and said, uh, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad. And he came up to us and he was holding a scorpion. By the only place you can hold a scorpion and not get hurt, by the stinger. If you grab the stinger from the side, he can't hurt you. He just hangs there. He can't get his claws up to you. He can't sting you with a thing because a stinger is, is, a, is a fixed position stinger. It's not like a bee that comes and goes. And so he just said, he was as innocent as could be. He said, Dad, Dad, oh, Mom, look at this. I said, Son, I got one instruction for you. Open your fingers just like that. And he opened his fingers, thing dropped on the ground, didn't hurt him. Now, you know, there's a healthy fear. And I tried after that to kind of educate him, don't pick up scorpions. It would probably be also smart not to pick up a snake by its tail. This is, you came to church to learn all this. Uh, sadly, however, most of the fear I encounter with people and myself wants to be unhealthy fear, not based in fact. Fear not based in fact. It, I'm going to give you some examples. Fear of spiders. I, in my life, have never known anybody to die or even go to the hospital 
Oh, I know. Okay, I'll take the hospital thing back. I know one guy go to the hospital from a brown recluse, but it really wasn't the brown recluse. It was the MRSA or the bacteria that when they put their little things in your skin, that bacteria on your on your skin already goes into your body and you get some sort of a serious infection and it begins to get out of control. I knew that happened. A guy had to go to the hospital. It's not the spider's fault. He's just doing what he does. Trying to suck your blood. But all being Florida is a land of spiders. We are a land of reptiles. We are a land of snakes. There are snakes everywhere. I'm really making people uncomfortable this morning. But I've not known, Tom Gillespie you may, may have known more than I do as a veterinarian, I've not known anybody to be seriously hurt by a spider, even a black widow. And I've seen lots of black, we have lots of black widows. I've never known anybody in all my experience. Have you ever, Tom, ever known anybody? He hadn't known anybody, and he's still got a lot more experience than I do. That's credible. In other words, based in fact, you shouldn't be afraid of spiders. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. But I bet if I asked for a show of hands in this room, how many were afraid of spiders? Seriously, where it changes where you go, it changes what you do. Because if you think there are spiders there, you don't want to be around them. I hate to tell you, but there's a spider under your chair. There's people afraid of frogs. I mean, I'm talking like freaked out. Freak out. Freaked out on frogs. It sounds like some sort of song. But they get freaked out. They get crazy. And for, for, oh, my house, where I live in 10, 10 miles inland, before the, we had a bad freeze and a lot of the uh, tree frogs got killed back. But in the meantime, we had almost Egypt. For a while there, a few years ago, we were like Egypt. I mean, I don't hear well, but I could hear the frogs at night. She said it was all, my wife said it's almost deafening when the frogs we're calling out for each other. It was almost deafening. Then we had a real bad freeze, and I didn't hear any frogs anymore. They all, the guy, the guy, they're coming back, by the way. But uh, people wouldn't want to come to my house because they were afraid of frogs. Have you ever known anybody that a frog killed? Have you ever known anybody that a frog sent them to the hospital unless they eat them? Now your toads. The ones, the big ones, if you take that white stuff off the back and lick it, you're probably going to go to the hospital. If your dog eats it, it's probably going to die. Right now? We got them here on property. We got those invasive poisonous frogs. The point is, don't eat them. But you don't have to worry about them. Those people afraid of birds. Afraid of birds. They made a movie years ago called Birds. Alfred Hitchcock. People went crazy. They're afraid of birds, man. Afraid of birds. It's unfounded in fact. I've never known anybody to be wounded or hurt seriously by a bird. How about mice? There are people that... There are, I, I'm trying to think where this was where a mouse ran and a woman got up on a chair and, and just like this, like this was screaming in hysteria over a mouse. Now, folks... A mouse has got a bad rap. He's not that bad a creature. I mean, we used to use them out here, live mice out here for Farm Fest till the, till the PETA got on us. 
We used to have the kids grab by the tail do mouse races. And then, then their tail came off. But anyway, uh, I'd bring it after I after the after Firefest, I'd take all the mice out to my house and release them. Now you know how long a white mouse lasts at my house with all the hawks and the, I got I got great horned owls and I got hawks and it was just a little feast. One time, I was sat on my porch, and a year after I released him, I saw this white mouse, Tom, go across my and I thought, that boy is a survivor. <laughs> There's no fact that supports fear of snakes or of frogs or of birds or of mice or of uh, you name it. There's unhealthy fear. That's what I'm trying to get at. God lets us in on a principle. That's the introduction. God lets us in on a principle. Take your Bibles if you want to or listen. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 8. You may call this obscure, but it actually verbalizes a method that God uses in, in the way he deals with people, including you and me. It's Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 8. It says, Ye have feared the sword, and I will bring the sword upon you, saith the Lord God. What you fear is going to come upon you. That's what he's telling them. What you fear is going to come upon you. Now, I believe that to be true. He said it there. This was a form of judgment on a people that were rebellious and disobedient. No doubt, that's the context. But he says, what you fear, you fear the sword? A sword is going to come on you. What he's saying is, I... What you concentrate on in fear, I'm going to judge you with it. So with that in mind, I want to help you overcome fear. This passage is God's judgment. Why? For a lack of faith and trust in Him. Because fear is the opposite of faith. Fear and faith are mutually exclusive. They're diametrically opposed to each other. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love or complete love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made complete or perfect in love. If you believe God loves you, do you believe God loves you? Hmm. you got to prove it. you got to prove it. Words are cheap. Words are cheap. Say anything you want. Cheap. But God wants you to live it. Prove it. Do you believe God loves you? He's written he does. Well, then you simply rest in this simple, childlike faith in the God that says he loves you. You trust in his goodness, which the Bible says he is. You trust in his sovereignty. You trust in his care. You trust in his honesty. You trust in his word. Even... Horrible things that happen to you, you trust, will work out for good. Oh, you say, Brother Bill, are horrible things going to happen to me? The chances are definitely yes. Something horrible is going to happen to you sometime, somewhere, somehow in this old world. It's like going to Las Vegas and playing at tables. You are going to lose. In other words, this whole world is sin curse, and sin and sin brings out suffering and brings out tragedies, and eventually, you've been warned, brings death. Sin work at death. 
death is a bad thing. It's a cruel thing. It's a harsh thing. It's an unforgiving thing. But it, we all face the thing called death. Even though ultimately it's been conquered by Christ and ultimately as born again believers we have eternal life, we still go through, unless the rapture comes, we're going through this door called death. My mom, seven years of suffering she went through to finally go through the door. My dad, three weeks. Three weeks got to go. Uh, some people I've known in this church, lay down, take a nap, have a heart attack, get to go to heaven without almost any suffering going through death. I'm a little envious of all that. Some people go through 12, 15 years down to the road. So, the question of whether you're going to have a, a real hard thing happen to you is not an if question, it's more of a when question. And so that's why we like verses like Romans 8.28. And we know, what do we know? That all things, now you can, I don't have enough time to develop that all things thing. But the all things is some of the things I mentioned. That all things work together for good to them that love God. Remember I said, do you believe God loves you? But do you love God? It works together for them that love God to them that are called according to his purpose. Why? You simply believe his word. That's all. You simply believe it. Now, believing is not just a mental exercise. That is intellectual assent. Intellectual assent is not the definition biblically of believe. Believe is, is, a, is a thing that changes your behavior. You say, I don't believe spiders can hurt me. Then quit being afraid of them. I don't believe that, that uh, mice can hurt me, then quit being afraid of them. But preacher, I am afraid of them. Well, that's why you're here this morning, I'm going to help you overcome that. Do you believe God's big enough to help you overcome fear? I believe he is. I believe we just got to be simple enough to believe the promises of the Bible. Psalm 84, 11, no good thing will he withhold from them and walk uprightly. Do you believe it? Psalm 103, who redeemeth my life from destruction, who crowneth me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth my mouth with good things, uh, so that my youth is renewed as the eagles. Do you believe it? Do you believe Psalm 103, 11, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. Do you believe it? Or do you believe Psalm 103, 17, but the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness under children's children. Do you believe in Matthew chapter 7, 11, it says, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? I believe you need to say no to fear. Remember years ago they said say no to drugs. Say no to fear. Fear will come by your house. It's a demon. I'm talking about an unhealthy fear now. It's a demon that will want to torment your soul and want to change your behavior and change what you say, change where you go, change what you do for the bad, not the good. Say no to anxiety when she comes by to visit. The Bible says, cast all your care upon him, for he careth for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Don't keep 
your fear. Get rid of it. That's what the word cast means. Fear comes by, you grab him by the throat and say, by the grace of God, I don't believe what you're telling me. I believe what God is telling me. And the Bible says that all things work together for good that them love God and are called according to his purpose and so many other places. And I'm just going to believe the Bible over you. And I'm going to throw you out. And I'm going to cast my care upon God. Whew. I've had fear. Chemically induced fear. When I was a young man, I took LSD. You may not know what that is. Lysergic acid, the thylamine. And guess where I bought it? From a chemist that was a teacher at Notre Dame. Yeah. You made good stuff. And so, I can tell you what that opened up for me. It opened up a whole world of fear that I never knew about. Two of my friends killed themselves during that period of time on LSD because they believed something that wasn't true. They thought they could fly. And jumped off of buildings, both of them, and killed themselves. Thank God he rescued me out of that. Fear like a blanket has wanted to settle on me. I don't know, the, la the latest uh, test with fear has been, I started having a little bit of high blood pressure. And uh, the doctor said, well, you take this uh, thing called beta blocker. I'm going to help somebody right now. They'd, so I took beta blocker. There's a bunch of different beta blockers. So I started with a beta blocker, and I took a beta blocker for about two months, and it did lower my blood pressure. Also made me where I didn't want to work didn't want to do anything, didn't want to get up, didn't want to go, I mean, I was just, it takes, it takes your adrenaline just. But I'm not a doctor. But I'm going to tell you what else it did. I started talking to my wife. Now, I, she, I can confide in her without her feeling, thinking bad of me. At least I think I can. And so I went to Kathy and I said, Kathy, you know, I'm having feelings of anxiety and feelings of hopelessness and feelings of dread. Dread. I wanted her to be around me. Now, I, I have been very independent. Her and I, our marriage is where she goes her way, I go my way. We come together, two ships passing in the night. And yet we still are close, but we're not attached at the hip. And so... All of a sudden, I wanted her to be around me. She wanted to go on some one of her frivolous trips. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't want you to go. I, I told you, I don't want you to go. I didn't really want to tell her because I'm scared. I'm a big boy. I said, I, I really want you to be at home with me at night. At night was bad. Spirit of fear. Unfounded, unhealthy fear came over me. A feeling of total despondency, like nothing's going to go right. Something horrible's coming down. Everybody's going to forsake you. And as a pastor, that ain't good. But it was God allowing me to go through something, so I started seeking God's face on it. 
I started like memorizing scripture about it and quoting scripture to him when I had it. And in the name of Jesus, I denounced it. You know, but I still struggle. It still was a coming and going on me. Finally, I quit the blood pressure medicine. I went to the computer and started looking at side effects. One of the major side effects of beta blockers is anxiety. Guess what happened when I quit them? About three weeks. It took three weeks. All of a sudden, my fear, that whole deal just went away. Just went away. I started back on them with another one. Because I went to Dr. Crabb and I said, Doc, I got problems, man. Oh, he says, some people react that way. But if you take this one, this will be better. So I took it. Same kind of adrenaline, same kind of, of a deal of foreboding. Foreboding, that's a good word. Foreboding. There's something bad going to happen. Around, you know, I'm looking out the windows. I'm putting my guns by the bed. You know, I'm starting to get freaked out. Not much in the daytime or at night. I stopped the beta blockers. It went away. To this day, guess what? I'm not on beta blockers anymore. Or ACE inhibitors. Or any of them because that's the way they affect me. Now that was what I call chemically induced anxiety or fear. And I went to the doc and he said, yeah, some people react that way to him. I said, well, I'm, I is one. But what did that do for me? What did I do? Man, when I started having it, I got nobody to go to but God. And guess what this morning? You don't have anybody to go to but God. I said, God, help me. God, this is wrong. I've never had this. This just shouldn't be. This is false. Somebody's lying to me. Uh, it was like a spirit would come over you and, and, and harass you. And it, I'm, somebody's lying, and this isn't right. And I know things. My name, I start saying, my name's written in heaven. I, I have a mansion being made for me by Jesus. John, 10, John 14, I start going through the Bible. But it still would be there whispering to me, no. No, that's not going to happen. I said, what? What? But I said, well, those, I started quoting this verse. Job 13.15 was my favorite verse. Well, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. That's what my favorite verse. I said, well, I may die in a fetal position huddled in a corner somewhere with a straitjacket, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust God all the way home. I said, I'm just giving myself to God. I, okay, go ahead and slay me. Okay, all those foreboding thoughts come to pass. All that bad stuff you're telling me, all right. But I'm going to trust God all the way home. And that's when I found out it was the beta blockers because God basically let me find out about that and, and released me. Now I'm released. I don't have it. Kelly just was gone for a few days. And uh, no problem. God rewards people who, if I'm using a strange word here, God rewards people who cherish their fears with what they fear. Please get that. God rewards people who cherish or hold on to and love or coddle their fear. In other words, they aren't willing to, to denounce it they're not willing to move away from it. Instead, they begin to justify it. I've had people argue with me that a fear of spiders is healthy and good. You're wrong. People say they're afraid of snakes like that. Let me tell you, we've got, we don't just have snakes at the gospel. We've got coral snakes. 
There may be one in here. We've killed four coral snakes at Gospel, full-grown, 28 inches. Related, by the way, to the, uh, I just heard this the other day, that snake is related to the uh, cobra. I never knew that. But don't worry. If that's a, that ain't a bad way to go. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to die. And where do you get to go after you die? You get to go to heaven. You get to leave all that debt you made. <laughs> I believe by the grace of God, you got to fight fear. I'm talking fight it. I'm talking we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against dominions and thrones, and, and wickedness in high places, spiritual wickedness in high places. you got to fight it. you got to challenge it. You have to seek God's power over it. You have to keep committing the, the, the trust and the keeping of your soul with God, 1 Peter 4.19. You got to do it hourly sometimes, sometimes daily, sometimes minute by minute. For a Christian to be given over to fear insults God. Who is the one taking care of me? Who's taking care of me? Who's taking care of you? Why, when my mom and dad got together and I was conceived in the womb, God began to take care of me, brother. And He's taking care of me when I didn't know nothing. Little wheelbarrow. He don't even know he exists. And he's being taken care of by God. I've known parents that had three, four kids. After three, four kids, you just give it up. Four. Four usually is the number. You know, you're real safety conscious. Don't want anybody around. Don't want anybody touching. Don't want anybody to breathe on. That first kid, nobody can babysit but me. Pretty soon by the first kid, anybody would like to babysit today? Would they like to babysit? You can have them for a couple, three hours. It's okay. They let them eat off the floor. They let them lick the floor. They let them lick the, lick the handles on the doors. They don't care. And you know what I've seen? Their kids are healthy. You know why? Ultimately, God keeps you. And if God don't keep you, who's going who's gonna to keep you? I believe you need to why do you, so to answer the question, why would you become like what you fear? Well, number one, you meditate on what you fear. You concentrate on what you fear. You get occupied with what you fear. Ultimately, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And how do I know that? The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, So as a man, so as he thinketh in his heart, for as, let me try to quote this correctly. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you concentrate on something and that's on your mind all the time, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and, and a lot of times what you fear actually happens because you kept thinking about it. You, kept, you didn't reject it, you coddled it. You didn't, you didn't denounce it, you cherished it. It's almost like you love to suffer. A strange kind of a thing. And I'm here to tell you today, by the grace of God, uh, when you fear something, this, this unhealthy fear, 
Uh, you're insulting the God who said he's going to take care of you, and he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. He's going to be with you all the way home. In fact, eternally, you've already been, your name has already been written down in the book of eternal life if you've been born again. And God is going to, you're going to see in the whole thing how foolish it was that you should fear. And if I may say this, it's a sin to fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And anything not done in love is sin. Anything not done in faith is sin. Yeah? You say, Brother Bill, man, I hope I gave you some food for thought this morning. Because in this, a group this big, and this goes over the internet, Boy, I can tell you there's a lot of people struggle with fear. But you don't have to be under the mastery and under the dictatorship and under the dominion of fear. He's a cruel taskmaster. And, he, and where God wants you to go, you won't go. And what God wants you to do, you won't do. And what God wants you to say, you won't say. Well, he may get mad at me. That's fear. If I tell him about Jesus, he may get mad at me. That's fear. So you won't say what you're supposed to say because you're afraid of what will happen. Think about it. How fear stops you from witnessing. Number one reason people don't witness fear. May God help us to have victory over fear. Father, help us this morning. May the Holy Spirit come. May the Lord God, do you just enlighten us, open our mind and illumine the born-again believers here, illumine them. And there may be some here without Christ. May they come to Jesus realizing the Bible says, For all who sin and come short of the glory of God, there is none righteous, no, not one. You can't work your way to heaven. There is no way you can do enough good works to be justified in the sight of God. You can't do it. You have to come to God on his terms, and that is by simple childlike faith, believing Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that he died and was buried and rose again the third day from the grave, conquering death and hell, and now is in the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. That's what the Bible said. The Bible says in, in, in Romans 10, 9, that I shall confess with them out the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Saved from what? Saved from sin. Saved from the consequences of sin. Saved from the wrath of God. And ultimately saved from some of these demonic forces of fear that want to spoil your life. Keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Going where God wants you to go and saying what God wants you to say. Help us, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. A couple of verses just as I am without one one plea. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.